What is up, everybody? Welcome back to a special edition of the Shadowless Podcast. Uh, And it's going to be a little bit different uh, on this special episode. Uh, Normally, you would hear myself and the one and only beautifully talented, amazing Jordan Fringe, but... Uh, unfortunately, uh, Mr. Jordan Fringe could not join us today for the special edition podcast. Uh, so we're sending him lots of love and positive vibes. Go check out his channel on YouTube, Jordan Fringe. Um, but I am not alone on this special edition of the Shadowless Podcast, as promised earlier this week. Um, and I guess part one, maybe, if you want to call it, uh, we have none other than Pokey Rev with us. How you doing, Rev? What's going on, guys? It's me, Jordan Fringe, in the house. I made it. <laughs> it sounds just like you, Jordan. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm in the poker cave. <laughs> so uh, since you're Jordan, you have a Zevia with you, right? Oh, yeah, of course. I always have one right next to me. Uh, Nathaniel. <laughs> <laughs> that was up, a guys? good call. Uh, Rev, I'm back in the house. I'm back. Yeah. I made it. <laughs> yeah, um, so just to give you a little, I'm going to pull back the curtain. I'm pulling back the curtain, you know. Um, Go for so it. So we, we recorded um, a normal episode of the Shadowless Podcast with you, Rev, on Monday. And we had some technical difficulties, which is the very first time we actually have ever had technical difficulties. So we had to re-record on Tuesday. And we all got back together, all three of us. And um, we had technical difficulties <laughs> again. <laughs> uh, so then um, trying to align schedules. I mean, because we got we got three content creators, myself, you, Rev, and then uh, Jordan. And so trying to uh, line up everybody's schedule can be a little bit difficult and hectic, especially once it starts to get later in the week. Uh, so what we decided to do was myself and Jordan Fringe uh, did kind of a regular episode of the Shadowless Podcast on Wednesday, uh, where we just discussed the uh, news, the latest things going on in the Pokemon world, uh, and then we saved the, uh, I guess, I don't know if you want to say interview or just banter or just talk uh, with you, PokeRev, for uh, the weekend. So it's just me and you this weekend, um, but we're going to have a good time. We have a lot of questions that people sent in, and uh, we're going to talk about something crazy that you're doing. And I want to know why you're doing this and why you're so insane right now. Yeah. Because this is this is absolutely crazy. Not <laughs> um, the first time I've heard that. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that's it's probably like when you go live, it's probably just you know a bunch of like, dude, you're so crazy. This is insane. I can't believe you're doing this. Um, yeah, it, it is like every single time. It's, it's so, always fun too. So if, if you all don't know, uh, Pokemon Revolution cards on Instagram, PokeRev on uh, YouTube, but uh, and I'm just going to call you Rev. Throughout this is not the first time you've been on the podcast. This is uh, the second time, and um, you're the, actually the first guest that has been on here two times, two yeah. times. Um, so uh, I I think um, what is it that Saturday Night Live does? Don't they do like um, if you if you host like five times, it's called like what Five Timers Club or something like that. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's something like that. Yeah, and you get like this uh, bathrobe or something. <laughs> <laughs> what do I get? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. You got to be on three more times to find out. Okay. 
So three more times and we'll figure out a, an awesome gift for yeah. you. <laughs> I've been on but, two test shows, so four total, but don't we, we're not counting the other two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they actually got to make it to yeah. iTunes, Spotify. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but but yeah, we'll we'll figure out a nice gift for you because you're definitely going to be on more. You're kind of like the resident uh, vintage Pokemon card person to go to and an investing person. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, it's it's always a pleasure to have you here on the Shadowless podcast, and uh, let me let me explain to everybody what you're doing and why we wanted to uh, essentially bring you back on the podcast. Besides you just being uh, a genuinely good person, um, but you are doing something crazy on YouTube. Um, this is going to go up hopefully on Sunday, so I should say this week. Uh, this week on YouTube on Tuesday, correct? Yes, yes. Okay, Tuesday, Tuesday, you are opening up a first edition base set booster box, not not pre-recorded. You're not, you know, recording this, editing it, and then putting it up on YouTube. You are doing it live. You are live streaming a first edition base set booster box opening, and I'm pretty sure that has never been done before anywhere. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I couldn't think of where it would be done. Um, yeah, but, I don't um, think so. But uh, and, and we haven't seen a first edition base set booster box opened up on YouTube um, live or pre-recorded in, what, two or three years we were discussing this? Yeah, the last one that I know of was three years ago, um, and then before that, five years. So, And, and, that's, um, and that's back when prices weren't, weren't even as high as they are now. Yeah, they were a lot lower. I think maybe three years ago, uh, a box... Might have been, um, maybe like forty thousand. I'm gonna guess. And, I mean, and, that, and that's obviously a lot, a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's essentially a little bit more than doubled now, right? Yeah. And then if you go back five years, oh, probably fifteen thousand, twenty thousand at the most. And if you yeah. go back to 1999, <laughs> <laughs> ninety dollars out the door. <laughs> oh man, can you imagine that? If you if oh. you only knew. If you only knew. Even just you, keep one. Just one. Right? I mean, <laughs> do you ever it. sit there and think about seeing all of this stuff back in 1999? Oh, and, yeah. I think we all do. <laughs> right? I mean, I sometimes, and I, I am not kidding, sometimes I will just sit there and I will stare at the wall and think about all of, not even just the Pokemon items, but just any of that 90s nostalgic stuff oh. uh, that, that you would just see. Not just, you know, little bits and pieces of it in store, but, you know, you grew up in the 90s, too. That stuff was littered everywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could even take it a step further and say, imagine yourself inside of Toys R Us in 1999. Cool. <laughs> you can't even walk in there anymore. You can't. In, uh, KB Toy Store. Oh, yeah. Um, which uh, I, mean, I was always. This is a good question to ask you. Were you a Toys R Us person or a KB Toy Store person? Uh, you know what? I think. Before Pokemon, I was a Toys R Us person, but once Pokemon came out, I was a KB Toys kid. Uh, I, I think that's how it was for me. How about you? You know, I was... I I think there was easier access to KB Toy Store for me. Um, I had one closer to me, so that was always the toy store of choice my parents would take me to. Toys R Us was a little bit farther away. We did go sometimes, but not as frequent as KB Toy Store. So uh, I think KB Toy Store is where my heart lies, probably. 
And and yeah. plus, KB Toy Store was was a a really big experience because it was always in a mall. So you didn't just have KB Toy Store; you got to go to all these other stores as well. That's a good point. Yeah, Toys R Us was kind of like you go on a little adventure to get there and everything is a little bit out of the way. Uh, but when you went there, it was awesome. But you kind of, you know, stay a little closer. You go to KB's Toys, it's a little easier to get to and still an awesome place to go to. I remember that. Uh, did you ever do, this is a weird one. I don't know if you ever did these. Did you ever get into Crazy Bones at all? I don't know if you ever heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, are you dropping a hint of the next thing we should be investing in right now? <laughs> I'd say uh, definitely, definitely don't on those. <laughs> <laughs> um, I need to get you one of those. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, I, I want to say his last name's Kramer or his first name's Kramer. He does um, like the investing thing on CNBC or CNN or something like that. And he has yeah. like that big buzzer. Yeah. Um, I can't think of his name right now either, but I know exactly who you're that, talking that, about. I need to get you a big buzzer. That's what I need to get you. Yeah. <laughs> Sell. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, crazy bones. No, I, I was, oh, I had them, but it wasn't, it wasn't a long-term obsession. Yeah. Three months. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, about I mean that's, it. Really, that's really kind of anything in the 90s, I feel like, was it was, was yep. a very short term. Yeah. <laughs> uh, things didn't stay around. I mean, we're lucky Pokemon stayed around for as long as it has. We are. But, uh, I mean, getting back to KB Toy Store real fast, was your KB Toy Store littered like mine was to where they just have piles and piles of toys? Like, you couldn't even put them on the shelves. They'd just be oh, sitting yeah. around everywhere. I think so. I think I do remember that. Just, yeah, you like you couldn't even walk. So if there was you, two people going down the aisle in opposite directions, one person would have yeah. to back out. <laughs> uh, uh, and they did they they did a Pokemon promotion too, where they gave away um, some uncut sheets. Yeah. Or, was it fossil? Yeah, I think it was fossil. Yeah, those are still floating around out there too. Yeah. That's pretty crazy to, to imagine that that was actually a promotion, like uncut sheets. That's that's pretty wild to think. Yeah, about. and I don't think we'd ever see Pokemon do that now, ever. Never. No, that was definitely a Wizards of the Coast thing. Yeah, not a, for sure. Not a Pokemon thing. Um, but yeah, going back to the the first edition base set booster box, you're you're live streaming this, and um, but but one of the cool things is is that people can take part in this. This is not something that you're just opening up the cards and, you know, lucky you get you get to keep them all. No, I mean, people can take part in this live stream opening. So if, if people wanted to take part in it, besides watching, if they wanted to actually get their hands on a booster pack or two, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, so all you got to do is go to thepokecave.com, and right on there you can follow the instructions to grab your packs. And I post there uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday night. We have them three times a week, so it's so much fun. I, The fact that I can virtually sit down uh, live with everyone and, you know, the cards are going out to everybody that's involved with them, and even if you're not, you know, grabbing packs, everyone's always welcome to just sit and watch. That's what makes it a ton of fun, hanging out oh, with you absolutely. guys in the comments, and um, it, it's a blast. It's, it's the most fun I have. I look forward to it, like, three times a week now, and it's just, it's, it's, do you th- uh, and An honest question, do you think you'll be able to keep up with it? Doing it three times a week. Do you think there's enough product out there to keep up with it? You know, it's it's kind of tough. Um, I was when I started, I was just doing Tuesdays, and then I said, "All right, let's do Thursdays because you know more people want to be involved, more people want to watch it." 
And then um, once all the, the, the madness started happening, uh, you know, in the world and, yeah. and uh, everybody, you know, being stuck at home, I, I said, all right, well, let's try to throw in Sundays um, and see how we could do with it. And on Sundays, uh, I'm trying to – well, basically, the main goal is, is really to try to hit on every set, every main series set that Pokemon has ever released. Yeah. And Sundays are going to be geared more towards – Kind of like a wild card day where I might do more mass openings of modern product or, or products in the last five years. Um, Tuesdays are always Wizard of the Coast era. And then Thursdays have been like the EX era, um, Diamond and Pearl type era sets. So, you know, if I do Sundays more modern, I think it'll be more realistic to kind of keep up with it. But yeah, it's um, it's always a struggle trying to find, you know, old sealed products. They, uh, yeah. they don't do grow in trees. Do you, I mean, do you think you're going to ever – or not you, but do you think we're ever going to get to a point where – I mean, I don't want to say run out because we're never going to run out because there's always going to be people that will hold on to it and never open it. But do you ever think we'll get to a point where it's like there's probably less than you know 10 boxes left out there of first edition base set? <clears throat> so first edition base in particular, it's really scary to think about because – Nobody has really any idea how many are out there. Now, if you look on eBay or, you know, just the the market as a whole, mm-hmm. you probably only see, if I had to guess, maybe there's only about four to six, maybe half a dozen or so that come up on the market every year for first edition base. And it's just wild to think about it because if you can compare that to something like jungle or fossil boxes, yeah. Um, you know, maybe I take a wild guess on on jungle or fossil. Say that you know something like thirty or forty boxes of each of those might come up a month on on eBay. So the amount that is readily available on the open market is just significantly, significantly less for first edition base. So that's that said in particular, I'm not I'm not super worried about you know stuff after that. Yeah, um, as much especially like based on limited fossil and jungle and rocket. Um, but that first edition base, it's just like they, you know, Wizards of the Coast, uh, they, they signed the contract. They were going to print Pokemon cards, and they didn't think it was going to be a big deal at all. They were worried about Magic the Gathering, and, and that was doing really well. And then Pokemon came in, and they said, you know, all right, I guess we'll print some of this stuff. And they just kind of threw a little <laughs> bit out there for the first editions. And, you know, with first editions, they only do one print run of it. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's it's like <laughs> they didn't know, and nobody knew, and it sold out immediately. And it's like... Well, that's that. <laughs> so it's whatever I mean, is was left on that that one print run, and nobody nobody really knows. But if if you look at the market and and with what's available, and it's I mean, you can kind of get a good idea of that. There's not a lot of it at all. So. Oh yeah, I mean, little did they know back then they were legit printing money. Oh yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it, it was probably more valuable than money at the time. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, yeah, it, it really was back then, and even more so now today. Yeah, it's and and it's just like I said earlier. Just imagine, you know, if we could just go back in time and just and just grab it. Just just take know? one box. That's all you need. Just right, one. Just one box. <laughs> one box. Even if someone was marking it up, if they were doubling the price and, and you know, like charging yeah. you two hundred dollars instead of one hundred dollars, <laughs> you you buy it in a heartbeat. You know. Oh yeah, and that was uh, predominantly it was on the West Coast uh, where they distributed it first edition base 
Uh, so that, that's another thing is you had to have really been on the West Coast if you wanted first chance to grab them. So, oh, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's... I, yeah. I remember, because um, I, I grew up in Indiana, and that's where I still am. Um, I always remember not seeing um, first edition. I mean, I remember seeing it, you know, someone had it, but I never remember seeing it in a card game shop. You know what I mean? Like, um, I remember someone saying, like, oh, I have a first edition base set booster box or base, uh, base set packs. Um, but I never remember a store actually, like, getting them in. Yeah. In my area. Only uh, the Machamps. Yes, <laughs> the, first the Machamp. Machamps. <laughs> everybody what? had that, and everybody still thinks oh, it's valuable. Oh, we could do an entire episode on... <laughs> On items that people think are worth a lot of money. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> um, oh, which is crazy. Fun. You know, like um, especially people that I, I went to school with. You know, that that know what I do as like essentially a full time uh, job, which be you know full time content creator, uh, and they realize that like, oh, he's he does Pokemon full time. That's that's what his love is. You know, they'll yeah. send me messages like, hey, you know, I still got this first edition Machamp. Like, you know, it's first edition. You know, and that's, <laughs> that's a big deal. I'm like, the, well, do you have a non-first edition? Because that one actually is a little bit more valuable. Yeah. <laughs> if you find that, call me right away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that and uh, Ancient Mew. Yeah, I was, I was about to say that. That's uh, that's another one. The the only thing with the Machamp, so if you do have the Shadowless version um, of the uh, the Machamp, then that is... That'll be worth money if you you know if it's yeah. in mint condition. Most of them are shadowed, so it's kind of weird. Normally, all first edition base cards are shadowless, but Machamp is the one exception. Um, they had a shadowless version of it, and then Ancient Mew. Pretty much all of those are, you know, pretty pretty cheap to grab. Oh um, yeah. But there there is a there's like a weird variant of uh of an Ancient Mew, mm-hmm. and I forget where they were distributed, but those ones are are more valuable. But overall, yeah, they're just, it's like ninety nine point nine percent of them are just. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. Not, uh... that, so um, the the three things that come to my mind are Machamp first edition, Ancient Mew, and then the Burger King cards, uh, yeah. gold cards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those are always the three things. <laughs> and everybody has them all scratched up and like the the gold cards. Oh yeah. <laughs> Nobody has them in good condition like, at all. Yeah. Um, it's like even if you have the mint, the mint or not the mint, but uh, sealed. Like if you still have them sealed, they're they're worth like a little bit. Um, the Pokeballs. Yeah, and then there's there's two versions. You got the red boxes and the blue boxes. Yeah. It's uh it was a wild time. A wild time back <laughs> then. So I have a bunch of questions here that people asked on Instagram and I, I want to jump into them before before I forget to do them. So um I'm just going to pick out some random ones here and um we'll see where it takes us. Are you okay with that? Are you cool? I'm totally cool with that. All right. Let's do this. Um, this is from XX Matty Rice, wondering how does he verify the boxes he purchases are authentic? Yeah. Well, first off, thank you for the question. And it is there's not one single answer to that question, but um, a bunch of different answers. So first off, um, one thing you can do is you can go to a reputable source, um, something like you know, some of the big time stores out there, like maybe DA card world collectors, cash, um, troll and toad. I'm not affiliated with them in any way, but I know that if you go to them, they do have people, um, 
that work there that know what they're doing and what they're looking at. Yeah. But a lot of times you're going to pay more of a premium if you go through some of those outlets, most of the time anyway. Oh, um, yeah. But, you know, that that is one way you could do it is go to a reputable source. Um, or There's even reputable sellers on eBay as well. But besides that, if you're just buying it off of a random uh, seller, if you're buying older products, what you want to look for is if you're looking at Wizards of the Coast era, you definitely want it to have the Wizards of the Coast uh, stamps on there. I've never seen any boxes faked with the Wizards of the Coast stamps. I don't know if it's just too hard to, to you know, for scammers to do or what, but I, I've never, I've never seen them with that uh, be fake. So that's another thing you can look out for. Um, if you're looking in the EX era, you know they have the Nintendo logos on there, the Pokeballs um, as well. That's something else you can look at, or the Pokemon uh, logo. I meant mm-hmm. a little st- uh, stamped on there. So you always want to look at the wrap. And then besides that, it's kind of just having experience with it, really. I mean, I, I could grab a box and I could feel it and I could see how the wrap feels, the seals are, and, and kind of peek in the top and, and, and certain ways to go about it uh, just from handling it them for so many years and, you know, hundreds of thousands of different boxes. Um, you kind of just get a feel for it. Um, what you don't want to do is kind of maybe if there's someone shady on craigslist that says you know hey send me four thousand dollars through friends and family on paypal and we'll meet up that's you don't want to do something like that um that's more on the side of like trying to avoid getting like you know really scammed um without even having a box in your hand mm-hmm. uh because somebody actually just emailed me about that uh last week they said oh really uh, yeah uh, yeah they said they they sent it friends and family through craigslist and oh I, no know, it's yeah it's like once you do that it's really, really tough to get your money back. Um, I mean, it's it's virtually impossible at that point. Yeah, pretty much. It's you're pretty much <laughs> you have to do different legal, you know, actions or get a lawyer and try to figure out. And who that they would are take that years, point. probably, before you yeah. solve results. Oh yeah, definitely, and probably more money spent on legal fees mm-hmm. depending on how much you spent. But yeah, that's kind of a general overview. Besides that, if you're looking for uh, sealed booster packs, that's going to be really tough because uh, there's a few things you have to look out for. Number one, you're going to look out for packs being, you know, tampered with, resealed, full of, you know, just energy cards or something. Um, and even if you do get a pack and you, f- you know, you figure it's legitimate and everything, the other thing you have to worry about is the packs, you know, being weighed, which most people mm-hmm. know about nowadays. Um, it, it's just, you know, they could weigh the packs out and then you, you're not getting a hollow card out of them and you're getting, you know, just non-hollows and it's... It's a mess. I, I try to avoid boost, loose booster packs as often as possible, unless I'm 100% sure of the source and, and you know everything like that. But that is kind of really just what I would look out for if I was buying sealed product nowadays. So you prefer boxes over over booster packs. It's just more safe, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, as long as you know what to look for in the booster boxes, you're way more better off because you have the booster box, you have 36, you know what to expect out of there that you're not getting weighed packs or anything like that. Um, loose packs are just a mess sometimes. You, you can really uh, get scammed oh, yeah. pretty easily that way. I think, it, the, like you said, the biggest thing is with them being weighed. Yeah. That, that's easily the biggest thing. Um, and what what would you say a weighed first edition base set pack would go for right now? So that's a good question too. Uh, I know of um, previous sales on the open market on eBay, um, 
went for I believe it was five thousand, and then we had some six thousand dollar sales for a Wade, and that's heavy. Uh, yeah. So heavy Wade first edition base pack. So I've heard six thousand, and I think there might have been another one recently for a little bit more than six thousand. I'd have to uh, double check that, but I know for sure at least six thousand dollars as of a few weeks ago. Um, and then, yeah, it's just you know, it, I mean, you have such huge potential. That's the thing with a heavy first edition base pack. There's hollows in there worth you know thousands and thousands of dollars easily in a PSA ten. Uh, but not only that, even the non hollows. We were talking about this before. There's there's mm-hmm. not hollows that are worth a lot of money graded PSA ten. Yeah, uh, you're talking about uh, Pikachu, for instance. Yeah. Is, is a good one. The Red yeah, Cheeks the, Pikachu. Yeah, Red Cheeks Pikachu, War Turtle. Um, there's a lot of rare um, non-hollow cards in there. Low population cards. Even the starters like uh, Bulbasaur, and um, you know Squirtle and stuff like that too. Oh yeah, because those are iconic. I mean, yeah. everybody picked a starter back in the day. So why wouldn't you want a PSA 10 of one of the starters? Yeah. So and that makes perfect sense. The first edition, you know, first ever print of them. Yeah, that's like the cream of the crop for if you want a Charmander. And mm-hmm. you want the you want like the best of the best Charmander. You'd want PSA 10 first edition base Charmander. Shadowless everything. It's it's got, you know, it's everything. Yeah. I mean, and then if you're wanting the whole evolution line too. Some people like having that entire evolution line. Charmander, Charmeleon, Charizard. Yeah, definitely. Which, ooh, what, I mean, what if, what if you could just pull all that in one pack? Oh, <laughs> see, that's what it is. There's your, there's your, right. uh, your six thousand dollars was very well spent on that pack. <laughs> Do you think what? What? Okay, this is very on the spot. So if you can't answer that, this is perfectly okay. Um, what do you think would be the perfect first edition base set booster pack? Ooh, I actually I like that question. I welcome the question. Okay. <laughs> so because <laughs> that that is like uh, you know it's something really cool to think about. So okay, first off, number one, of course, you gotta have uh, you gotta have Charizard, right? I mean, yeah, have to. And, it's it's the top player. It's the top card. It's it's the most expensive. So you know that card in a PSA ten is like you know at least forty five thousand dollars at this point. Um, so you can only have one hollow, obviously. So that would be for the hollow. Mm-hmm. Um, another card I would throw in there for sure would be War Turtle. Um, it's you know it's one of the starter evolutions. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing is, for some reason, they're really hard to grade, and a lot of times they end up at the back of the pack. So sometimes the card, the last card in the pack, is uh, is damaged a yeah. little bit, like on the corners. So, I mean, I, I think they go for something like seven hundred dollars in a PSA ten. Ooh. So yeah, that's, that's just an uncommon. Yep, it's just an uncommon. It's that's just it's crazy. Um, another one I would say would definitely be uh, the Pikachu. Okay, red cheeks, red Pikachu. Cheeks. Yeah. So there's there's yellow cheeks and then there's red cheeks, and you could you could potentially pull either of those out of a box. So the the red cheeks is worth more money for sure. Um, I think it's worth maybe double what a, a yellow cheeks is worth. Mm-hmm. Another one that I would definitely want to pull out of there would be um, Bulbasaur. Now, okay, it's not always the most popular starter, um, but Bulbasaur is actually another one for the longest time was really hard to grade. It was just a lower population of uh, of cards for it. Um, I, I feel like in recent years, Bulbasaur has also gained a lot of momentum. 
I'm seeing a lot of Bulbasaur fans come out of the woodwork. Yeah, you know what? I, I think... See, the competition was stacked against Bulbasaur, but in reality, Bulbasaur, like, by itself is a really awesome Pokemon. It really is. Um, I, you know, I as a kid, I didn't give Bulbasaur the respect it deserved easily because I was a Charmander. Yeah. I was a Charmander kid easily. Yeah, I agree. It's a, the the competition was just like it was brutal. You know, it's back. Like you ever, if you ever hear like who the best, you know, boxers were or fighters were back in the day, and it's like you have like all these like huge guys um, that were you know, really good in their day. And then if you compare them to nowadays, they're like, oh, well, the competition was so much more fierce back then. Well, that's how maybe it kind of was like that for our starters back then. You know, it's like, well, you have Charizard. I mean, it's like one of the most iconic Pokemon. Blastoise is the same thing. And then, you know, Venusaur. But I think if the competition was a little bit different, maybe Bulbasaur would have been chosen a lot more or had, you know, the respect that it Easily. I mean, and then, you know, as kids, you kind of went off designs. You know what I mean? You kind of went off the look of the Pokemon, which one looked the coolest. Um, and I mean, Charmander is a lizard. Had, yeah. had a fire on its tail. How could you not like that as a kid? So, what was your? You said you know, you chose Charmander the most, but what if you had to put them in like in order of how often you chose them? What would your order be for the three? Um, probably it's probably Charmander. I mean, easily Charmander is the top. Um. That's a good one. Uh, honestly, probably, probably Squirtle next. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna get a bunch of hate for that, but it's <laughs> it's tough. To... It, it, yeah, I just as a kid, just to be honest with you, just Bulbasaur yeah. was not vibing with me at all. I mean, I that's the thing. I love it now. Like I love Bulbasaur more than Squirtle now. So, yeah. um, but as a kid, I just I just couldn't do it. Yeah, just couldn't do it. I I I was probably right there with you too in the same order. Um, it's just yeah, as a kid, it was like ah, oh, well, I really want Charizard, and then it's like oh, well, Squirtle's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So, and and to me, it was just like uh, I don't want a plant. I want a I want a turtle. I want a, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I want a lizard. Squirtle Squad. That yeah, and then the show kind of uh, yeah helped it as well. It's like oh, we got Squirtle Squad and all that stuff. And but yeah, I mean, Bulbasaur is an awesome Pokemon, and it, it kind oh, of yeah. it's just like you feel bad at how lack of respect ahead back in the day for sure. Um, looking I always, back at it, it's a, such an awesome starter. Like all of them oh, it right is. Now are like I like, said, easily I like Bulbasaur more than Squirtle now. Yeah. Um, and I always remember hearing this joke that um, Pokemon Red and Blue should have always had three save files. That way, one game you could have your Charmander, and then your next game you could have your Squirtle, and then your third game you could have your other Charmander. <laughs> hey. That was always the worst feeling, having to erase your game and start over. I mean, it was cool. Don't get me wrong. Like, starting over is always fun, but, like, just having to erase your game was just, like, brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so for the pack so far, you've picked Charizard, which is yeah. the rare. You got Wartortle, which is uncommon. And then you got Bulbasaur and Pikachu, Red Cheeks Pikachu, which are two, un- or two commons. Uh, is there anything else that would make yeah, it a perfect so, pack? Um, yeah, so I mean, gotta go with um, gotta go with Charmeleon. Did I say Charmeleon? No, I think I did. Yeah, Char- Charmeleon is another big one. Um, I don't think it's, it's as hard to grade in a PSA ten as the War Turtle. I haven't checked the population reports in a long time, but Charmeleon it was definitely one that. Obviously, it's right. It's right after Charmander, right before Charmeleon. So it has that starter evolution line uh, where people want to buy it either way. And then on 
you know, it, it just brings the price up. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I mean, not even just talking about price as well as just like an awesome card, uh, Charmillion for sure um, in that pack. And then what, probably Charmander too, right? Since you got yeah. the evolution line. Yeah, Charmander. Um, I'm trying to think what else would be a big hit. Um, there's the, the non-holo rares too. Um yeah, I'm trying, trying to think to what th- would what would be a good one. Yeah. Um because I feel prob- like after that a lot of them are pretty on are pretty much on the same level f- playing field. Yeah. There See there was a time it was when I got into first edition base and Pokémon like 5 years ago where they there was just like some cards that were just so hard to find like you probably think this is crazy but um, you know the trainer last card? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> at one point, that card was going for $2,500, like, easily in a PSA wow. 10. Yeah. And it was just, like, there was, like, I think there was, like, less than 10 of them that existed in a PSA uh, 10. And I, I haven't been tracking the prices on, on these for a little while now, but I'm sure it's still worth a, a good amount of money. But, yeah, it was, like, some cards were just, like, crazy crazy um expensive in comparison uh to other non-hollow cards is there um is there a good energy that you'd put in that perfect pack yeah so if we can count it uh double colorless energy okay okay yeah we can count that yeah i i I say that because it is it's technically comes up as a trainer uncommon um compared to like the other Mm-hmm. Uh, energy cards in there. Okay, but, so double uh, colorless energy. What what is yeah. that? Do you have a a price on the top of your head what that goes for right now? Um, probably, I th- think uh, maybe a couple hundred bucks. I would say. Oh, that's um, that's pretty good for a double colorless energy. Yeah, I, I mean, if you look at the other energy cards in a PSA ten, they're probably only like you know forty bucks, mm-hmm. give or take. So. That's why I said if you can count that one. <laughs> yeah, I count it. Yeah. Um, besides that, oh, you know what? Another good one actually is that I just remembered. Um, Dragonair. That is a. That's probably. Yeah, you know, I the... was going to say Dratini earlier, but Dragonair is a good one too. Yeah. Yeah, Dratini would even be a good one too as a common. Dragonair is probably the best uh, non-hollow rare for Pokemon. Um, not counting the trainer cards. Yeah. Uh, I th- yeah, that, that card's worth a good amount of money. Um, I think it's probably worth around the same as the War Turtle, so like seven, eight hundred bucks, maybe in that ballpark. So it's a good hit. I feel like maybe an Abra would be good. Yeah, honestly, even the the common um, the common rarity Pokemon, like they're they're definitely good to to pull out of here. Um, it's I think like it's a general rule. Most of the commons are probably like at least 75 bucks or you know 70 bucks or so in a psa 10 that's that's Um, pretty good yeah just for a common card i mean could you imagine like you know out of a pack nowadays like a common card's like like two cents (laughs) oh if that (laughs) yeah (laughs) you have to bundle about 10 of them up to get two cents (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was gonna say i've seen your your videos uh with the when you do the price comparisons uh when you open a pack up, see if you make your money back. And oh yeah, like, oh on TikTok, yeah, 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 and uh, it never works. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome though. It's like 
<laughs> I, I enjoy yeah. doing those because it's like it, it, it kind of shows people, you know, like it's just all luck of the draw type of situation, you know, um, and it, yeah. it also kind of shows the different prices of what Pokemon cards are, right, or Pokemon packs are right now. Um, but yeah, it, it is kind of difficult to make your money back in a sense. Um, you know, the average price of a Pokemon pack right now is four dollars, and to pull. To pull in just even a regular ultra rare that's worth more than four dollars is uh, pretty hard. Yeah, uh, the, <laughs> I can imagine the values are <laughs> they don't stay up there that long. I mean, obviously when a set first comes out, values are pretty high, but then it, it drops drops kind of fast. Um, yeah. Uh, so next question, this one is from EJ or yeah EJ Gross two. Hopefully I said that correctly. Um, Basically, what made you to decide to start uh, selling, you know, live streaming, selling the packs type of situation uh, now instead of years down the road, maybe when they'd be more valuable? Yeah, that's actually a, a good question. Um, so really, I well, first of all, I, I've done these before, but not anything like this. It was back before I was on YouTube. Um, it just did them once in a while on Instagram, not very often really at all, maybe a couple of times actually. Um, but so the thing is we're at a really good spot right now. And what's happening is the, the graded cards for, for a lot of these are the, the values are just like going up, 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 up. So it's like PSA 10 first edition, um, Dragonite from fossil, like, you know, thousands of dollars. Um, you know, Lapras from Fossil, and it's like all these cards, especially the Wizards of the Coast era, they're seeing like this insane growth right now, um, uh, especially it's, the it's list. crazy. Yeah, it, it, see, they graded cards had a huge spike back in uh, when Pokemon Go came out because there was like none on the market. Like you could not find cards. Like there were cards going for like crazy amounts in comparison to last sales, like thousands of dollars when the last one sold was like a couple hundred bucks. Um, because all these people were like running into Pokemon from Pokemon Go and everything that mm -hmm. was going on. And there was like a huge spike. And then it just like dove back down um, to a new high. It wasn't as low as it was before, but it dove like maybe 40% back down, 50% or even more in some cards. And then it slowly, slowly, slowly started coming back up again, but very like over years. And then within the past six months, I'm going to say, it's just really started picking up and cards becoming more and more difficult to find because there was a big supply of people back uh, after Pokemon Go. All these people started opening product up and grading cards because product was so cheap and everyone saw that cards were going for like this crazy amount of money. It was like, you know, first edition Fossil Box you could buy for like, um, oh my gosh, probably uh, like maybe a thousand dollars. I don't even, wow. maybe not yeah. even that much. It might have been like $800. I was buying first edition Jungle Box back in the day. And and you can open it up and like you could pull, um, it, you could get like a Kangaskhan. It was worth like two grand in a PSA 10. And then you still had all these non-holo cards and all these other hollows that you could hit on. It was like crazy. And so that was like my first thing when I looked at it. I'm like, wow, like this is this is crazy. Like all these, these sealed product is so is cheap. And it's like you could pull these crazy cards out of here. Um, and back then too, um, you know, people were not really grading non hollow cards 
And I was one of the first people to actually jump in and say, okay, there is a huge demand for non-hollow cars. I want to grade all these non-hollow. So I did this huge, I have a post on my Instagram still. It's like way back, like years ago. And I did it. I think it was like a $6,000 PSA card submission. And I literally took every card from each box that I opened up from Wizards of the Coast era. I did every single set and I just sent in every card. And it was cool because people needed them. Like people were like, oh, wow. Instead of just appreciating the the hollows, right? Because a lot yeah. of people were only looking at the hollows. It's like, in my head, I'm like, well, there's all these other cards that are so really like beautiful artworks that like they're not getting appreciated because no one's grading them. So, and I thought, well, people probably, if I love them, I'm sure other people would love to have like an actual complete collection because back then in, two, in 2016, it was like when people said I have a complete set, it was like they were really only talking about the hollows, you know? Like, uh -huh. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. It'd be like jungle. They'd be like, oh, I have a complete set. And then it would just be the hollows. And I'm like, well, that's awesome. But like the non-hollows are so cool. So anyway, I, I graded all those. They all came back. And um, then like I started putting them on the market. And it was like people finally had a chance to, to buy these cards and actually go for like complete sets. So what you saw was first edition base was the main thing when people said they did complete sets. Like they were talking about the entire sets, set with first edition base. But Nobody was saying complete sets for Fossil and Jungle. And I was like, all right, well, let's change that. So uh, then as people move forward, they're like, oh, let me do Jungle because that was the next setup. And then people are like, oh, let's do Fossil, Rocket. You know, then it starts jumping in the gym and Neo. And before you know it, people really wanted to go for the entire set. So after all that, you know, people were grading tons of cards and sealed products slowly started coming up in price, but it was still really cheap and, you know, relative to PSA mm -hmm. uh, card prices. Uh so what happened was the market started getting flooded with all these really awesome like hollow cards uh, in PSA 10 and the prices just dipped like they just like dipped so low for for years and it wasn't like super low it was still higher than what they had been before but just kind of in comparison to you know when they first started hitting yeah, the market previous years and yeah yeah so what we saw was like just huge supply over the years for PSA cards um especially like the nines and I know we talked about this in one of the podcasts that um, didn't get recorded. <laughs> right, but, uh, it like uh, I want to hit on that point though. The nines too are seeing like this crazy growth because you have Typhlosion number seventeen from Genesis uh, in a PSA nine. It sold for like a thousand, and then I think it sold for fifteen hundred. Was the next one, which is like insane. Like that is insane for a PSA nine card. Um, but you know, it's like people are starting to realize like nines are are mint condition. It even says you know, mint right on the the grade mm -hmm. um but anyway uh you know so graded cards right now are just everyone's buying them because they want them and they appreciate them and the hollows and all that stuff and it's going even higher now than what it previously uh these cards went for so i think right now is a good it was a good point to kind of jump in and start opening you know up boxes and that way you know i know that people you know, if they pull a card out, you know now that the card is actually worth a lot of money in a PSA 10. So it's it's worth it in that sense. Oh, um, yeah. But, you know, at the same time, too, it's like sealed product is, is still moving up now as well. So um, I thought right, you know, when I jumped in about two, three months ago, that was like kind of we we're getting into like a sweet spot there where we're seeing PSA cards shoot through the roof and you know, sealed products, it still makes sense to, to break it down to 36 packs. Um, and uh, you, you have that, uh, you know, you have that chance of hitting those big cards. Um, so 
so that's why. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to. I don't know if I got off topic of there. But no, no, not, but, no, you uh, didn't. I mean, that's what, that's what people want to hear. They want to hear yeah. the the explanation. Do you? What reason do you think we're seeing this huge jump in uh, in value when it comes to this vintage Pokemon stuff? Do you have so, a, a certain reason in your mind that you think it's jumping? Yeah. So right now. Um, with well, first of all, see the PSA cards started really jumping. This was um, even before you know what's going on in the world right now um, yeah. with COVID and everything. It, it it started even before that. Oh so, yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Yeah, so it was like all of a sudden it, it was maybe like six to eight months ago. You really started pe- seeing people like um, buying more and more PSA graded cards, and the supply was starting to shrink so that's that's what it really was for psa cards it's basically supply and demand so we saw people coming in and um you'd see them buying like certain even certain cards like um say for example like um snorlax or something from jungle like you'd see you know people buying that card in multiple quantities off of you know ebay and stuff like that and you know, and then you had more people jumping into the hobby and sealed products start going up more. So people weren't breaking boxes open and trying to grade cards. So basically the supply started drying up and the demand keeps continuously rising. So PSA graded cards saw this big jump. And then, you know, once all this stuff started going on the past couple of months, it just, you know, sped it up even more because people, this is in my opinion, what's going on is people are at home right now and i know myself personally and i know we talked about this before um yeah. me and you we were talking about it it's like <laughs> when i'm <laughs> bored and i'm sitting at home i'm like ready to buy something like i want something to do oh yeah. so like i remember one time i was bored i was sitting at home it was like two or three years ago i was like oh i'm gonna get like a drone like you know those like drone things that you fly around in the sky and uh mm-hmm. They like cameras. Like I was like, oh, I want to get a drone, so I bought like this like really nice drone. It was like, <laughs> it was like a thousand dollars or something. I was like, but I literally would have never bought it if I wasn't bored. <laughs> I was just bored. So <laughs> I think like like people being stuck at home and just like just being bored out of their minds and just wanting to get into stuff. So uh, they're just like spending money. So I think that's what's going on. People are just, you know, the, the it, consumer income is is not like high right now but you got to think people are cutting out they're not going out to the movies they're not going out to eat you're not going to the bar you're not uh you're not going uh on vacation so you're you have that money as well from not having to do all this stuff i mean people probably go out there's probably people that would go out to eat like two three times a day like some people i'm sure oh, yeah it's like <laughs> yeah so yeah, I, I remember i think me and my wife were almost like going out to eat i mean not two or three times a day but i would say you know probably four times a week you know yeah and not not just like oh let's go to mcdonald's but it'd be like hey let's go get sushi or something like that um and then you know yeah like you said you know you, you don't do that you're not spending gas you're not buying you know buying that uh eat out food and you have some extra extra money left over yeah so, and also i think there's a good mixture of nostalgia so, you know, right mm-hmm. right now we're we're all bored and we're also all very upset, which you there's nothing wrong with being upset. It, it's perfectly okay to be upset and and scared and worried right now. It's all natural emotions. Um 
and you kind of start to think, and, I, and I'm, I'm kind of going off of this off of uh, my personal experience as of recent, um, I start thinking about happier times in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you start to think about things in your childhood that made you happy, things that you loved. I'll find myself just kind of scrolling, even through Wikipedia, and just kind of like reading about TV shows that I grew up watching and loved. And um, you kind of start to thinking about those happy times. And, you know, Pokemon might be one of those things. And then you start to look up and go, hey, I wonder if Pokemon cards are still a thing. And then you find out that there's this whole huge community and Pokemon's still bigger than ever. So it's kind of a mixture of both, I think. Yeah, that's another good point to to make. I I totally agree with that. Yeah. So um, so do you think you think we're gonna keep seeing an upward trend? You think it's gonna dip back back down a little bit, or? Um... So I think we're gonna keep seeing an upward trend. Um, it's it's like it's just it's it's seemingly like never ending. Really, you even get to the point now. Where um, even you know stuff after Wizard of the Coast and EX era, when you start getting into Diamond and Pearl and Heart Gold Soul Silver and Black and White, um, and all this stuff, e- even these sets are seeing like tremendous, tremendous growth. Um, it's crazy. Like I feel like some of those boxes have doubled or tripled over the last few months alone. Well, I mean, a, a good example is if you know anybody that listened to the last time you were on the podcast, we talked about, you know, hey, what would be a good thing to invest in? And we talked about Flashfire, which was released in what, 2016, 2015, uh, something like that? Um, 14 or, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something ar- around that time. And uh, when you were on the podcast last, it was like $400 for a booster box. Oh, yeah. And it was. You know, <laughs> I, I'm just, now they're going for like <laughs> 900 Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. it's, it's crazy. You know, I have, uh, I've, I've talked to people that, you know, are like, yeah, I'm trying to hunt down some, I'm trying trying to hunt down some flash fire. I can't, I can't seem to get a hold of any flash fire for uh, a good price. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's literally doubled since we last spoke about it. And even yeah. black and white, we talked about too. And all those sets, I feel like almost all those that we talked about also at least doubled at the very least. It, it's, um, it's crazy. And, and, Flashfire was released in released in 2014. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's it's literally still it, it's the X and Y era. Like that's right. That's like mind blowing. <laughs> right. I mean, and, and to put that in perspective, which this is a little bit of an unusual thing, but we're still getting collection boxes with X and Y era packs in them to yeah. this day. So it's not like it's an old generation. It's still very prominent. Yeah. I mean, I would still consider it as as like still kind of modern really i mean yeah (laughs) absolutely um i was gonna i was gonna ask i'm gonna go ahead and ask this now um but do you do you think there's other good pokemon items to invest in besides just pokemon cards um so that's a yeah that's an interesting question um i think another good thing to get into would be uh like the sealed video games there's, okay. Yeah, there's a lot going on in that market right now, uh, especially with um, Wada Games. They are they're only a couple years old, but they're competing with VGA Video Game Authority. Basically, they grade video games just like PSA on on you know, the different scales that they have. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's crazy. The same with that. It's like I wish that I got a sealed copy of Red and Blue. 
Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like you look at the price and then you go back like a month later and you're like, oh, oh I should have bought that. And then, and then you, when you say that, you still skip it and then you look yeah. back again two months and you're like, oh, what? Uh, I should have bought it there. And then you do the same thing. That's like literally what I did with Red and Blue for like two years straight. <laughs> like, I still do it to this day, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, even... Uh. Even just like, you know, we were just talking about Flash Fire, you know, even now I'm still like looking at a Flash Fire box. I'm like, should I go ahead and buy it now? Well, I'll probably wait, see if it dips back down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, I think we talked about this one time and it was like, uh, I was like talking about, you know, stuff that you pass up on. And I could pretty much confidently say over the past five years that I've been back into this, that 99.9% of everything I pass on, 100% in hindsight should have bought it. Like, oh yeah. It's just crazy. I mean, even, you think you see a new high and then you look back uh, like a couple months later, and you're like, well, that was nowhere near <laughs> what it is now. You know, it's like, it, crazy. You know, I, I collect a lot of the, the weird and random Pokemon stuff and even things that I were, I was buying last summer of 2019 has doubled and tripled in price. Um, it, it, it's yeah. just, it just seems like anything, from 1999, 2000, that has that Pokemon name on it. It's just skyrocketing. Yeah, almost, it almost doesn't matter it. what it is. Really, at this point, especially with that kind of stuff, because they would like put Pokemon on everything. I think they're. I was yeah. looking at something last night. It was like a Pokemon uh, Pikachu stapler. I don't know if you ever yes. seen that. Yes, <laughs> dude, that is awesome. I want that. <laughs> I think uh, I think Jordan and I actually talked about that a couple weeks ago. Um, they released uh-huh. so much stuff back back in the '90s and early 2000s that um, we didn't even realize that they released. Like, you yeah, know, you'd I, never know. Yeah, I'm going back and going. I had no idea that they released this. It's crazy. Yeah. Next up, um, I am going to go to. Okay, this is from Jess plays Pokemon. We all know Jess. We love Jess. Yeah, what's up, Jess? How you doing, Jess? Uh, what are some tips for people getting into raffles to try to obtain vintage or rare packs? So any tips, tricks, thoughts? Ooh, the raffle question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So disclaimer. first off, yeah, disclaimer, <laughs> big disclaimer. Um, do whatever, you know, whatever you're doing with your money, do whatever you, you want. This is my yeah, this is my opinion. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what what you do with your money, but me personally, um, I stay away from raffles. Just it's not my thing. Um, they're they're pretty easy to find on on Instagram, especially I would say is like where they you mostly find raffles. Mm-hmm. And this isn't just for Pokemon. I mean, you see this in pretty much almost every hobby. Oh yeah, uh, you know Yu-Gi-Oh, vintage clothing, you name it. You know, there's people raffling stuff. And for those of people that don't know, because I would think a lot of people that aren't on Instagram don't really even know what that even is. If you, I mean, I, I didn't know what it was before I got on Instagram, but essentially it is exactly that. It's uh, a raffle. So someone hosts it and say they have a just to say a booster box of Pokemon cards. Um, they take payments and they call them spots. So, you know, say there's 25 spots, that's 25 people. Each spot just says 25 bucks. Uh, essentially, all your all those spots go in a virtual hat. They use a website, and 
they click a button and it picks a random number. And if it's your number, you win whatever item uh, was up for raffle. So there's a few problems with this. First of all, uh, there's legal issues with it because it's considering it's considered uh, illegal gambling essentially because it's 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 set up just like gambling and that 25 people you know put money in but only one person is getting an item uh, so technically they are illegal even though Instagram isn't really doing anything about it at the moment um, but besides that you have to also be sure of the person that is hosting this raffle is legitimate mm-hmm. uh, because there there have been scenarios where the person in charge of the raffle uses uh, it's like a fake cloned website where they literally it looks exactly like the real website that picks a number except they go on the back end and they can just put whatever number they want in as the winning number uh, so that's something you have to worry about as well um, but I, I mean it's in terms of you know but there are vin- there, there are legit people out there the, yeah, the there's yeah. there's legit people on on Instagram. I think there's a there's probably a couple that I could think of off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, it, it's it, it's one know. of those things. It's it, I I understand where you're coming from. It's one of those things that's you know it's done a lot, and it's also just like you said, you know. And I always say this on my channel when it comes to those garbage type mystery boxes. It's hey, you know, this is just my opinion. Do what you want with your money. It's your money, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, I enjoy a good charity raffle if I know it's going to a good cause. I oh, I, yeah. I enjoyed a good charity raffle. Um, but yeah, and there also are legit people. So, you know, just take it for what it is. Be careful. Yeah. I mean, if it's for charity too, that's, you know, that's something different um, for sure. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, the, like you said, just be careful, really. Mm-hmm. You just just got to be careful. And, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it's it's a gamble. So, but yeah. yeah. Um. Next up, this is from Omosh. What's up, Omosh? We, we both know Omosh. Um, yeah. Who inspired you to start your Pokemon business? Where did you get that inspiration from? Yeah, so that's a cool question. So I have, um, I have a, you know, I have a business background um, in a sense of, you know, s- starting up different business ventures myself. Um when I say background, I never, I never went to you know school for it specifically, like college or university. Um, but I always, always enjoyed um, just trying to try to build a business myself. So um, I've had a lot of different businesses, you know, work out. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff that's failed, some that you know, it's it is what it is, really. But you have to take obviously the failures as learning experiences. Um, and, and as long as you learn from that, it's definitely good for sure. It's a good experience. But um, along those days, you know, I was doing uh, video game repair as a, like a little side business thing. I would buy and sell and trade old video games. And with the Pokemon games, um, there were the the original Game Boy games the batteries on a lot of those are basically dead if you've haven't used your Game Boy game since you got it you know twenty some years ago and uh, it, it, there's a way you can you know open them up and replace the batteries so I was doing that um, just for a little extra money and uh, I, when Pokemon Go was coming out I was buying a bunch of them and I saw 
on the side of my screen, or actually this was before Pokemon Go, but I saw, I was on eBay buying uh, Game Boy games that needed batteries replaced and fixed up and everything, and on the side of the screen, I saw a Pokemon base unlimited booster box, and it was listed, I think it was $800, so <laughs> thinking That's back crazy. now, it's like, wow, $800, <laughs> buy it now. <laughs> I'd buy that but, for um, days. That wouldn't even last like half a second nowadays. So. Oh, it wouldn't, no. This is crazy, but... I saw it and I was like, I didn't even realize that you could still buy original Pokemon cards. It's like still sealed and everything in the box. And I never even seen a, a base booster box, um, like a whole box. You know, as a kid, it was. Oh, yeah. You, you get, get a couple of packs, yeah, two or three it. packs, and that's about it. Yeah. So, and I saw it was a whole box and I was like, wow, like I could get a whole box of these from like, And I was like checking it out. I was like, okay, this is actually from 1999. Like you can actually do this. So I was like, all right, like, and I was doing well, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to buy a box, and I'm just going to open it up, and, you know, that's like a lot of people get in, they just want to relive um, their childhood, so mm-hmm. I got it a few days later, and I opened it up, and I was like, I held the booster box in my hand, I was, first of all, I was like, wow, I couldn't believe how, like, small it was in my hand, like, I didn't, I never, like, I ne- that's like, I've never even held one, so I was like, wow, I was like, this is crazy, so... <laughs> I sat there and I opened the entire thing. It was so cool. I pulled the Charizard and everything, and you know, it was were, I gotta so ask, were you fun. carefully opening it up, or were you just yes. ripping right into it? So luckily, I watched a bunch of uh, you know videos and stuff beforehand, so I knew like that I'm not supposed to touch the hollow and stuff like that, <laughs> and you get penny sleeves. <laughs> yeah, so I I at least knew that, so I was careful with them. I put them right in penny sleeves and. Um, yeah, it was so cool, and um, that's when I was learning about PSA and everything, and then it just kind of, you know, snowballed from there, but it, it came out of a pure uh, nostalgia and, and passion for Pokemon, um, you know, because you grew up with it, and it's just exactly, like yeah. something that you enjoy, so out of, um, you know, your own, um, you know, personal enjoyment or, you know, nostalgia attachment to it, that's kind of how it it grew from there and I just started collecting and then I was like, Oh, maybe I could, you know, buy and, you know, maybe I could trade this or sell this and then I can buy that. And then it just, you know, it's just take that and just times it by the last five years. And that's kind of how it happened. Would you say that this has been your biggest business venture in your life? Yeah, this is, um, and it's the best thing about it is that it's, it's like a, you know, it's a dream job. I mean, Oh, exactly. <clears throat> you love Pokemon. So yeah, I mean, I, it's same with you, you know, you, doing youtube full-time and it's like it's amazing because it's pokemon like it's just it's literally like probably the definition of do what you love and like as 100%. a job and a career yeah you know 100 percent um it kind of, i had a question that i was going to ask you a little bit later but since we're kind of talking about business stuff would you have any i guess uh good strategies or tips when starting a business is there something that you should do yeah, that's or a good good, good, now, good practices maybe. Yeah, so uh, when you ask that question, does it have to pertain to Pokemon or? or are you no, you can do broadly? it as a general because I, I like asking you that question because you, um, you know, you've told me that you've done a lot of different business ventures. So I think you yeah. have a good knowledge of of a kind of an overall practice. Yeah. Well, first of all. Um, you want to get your accounting and everything in order. So you definitely need to open up. Um, you're going to want a separate, you know, business um, checking account. And I would definitely say probably to start with, maybe just go with an LLC. That way you can help protect yourself and you have set up legally as a business. 
um, collect your sales tax and everything like that. Once you get all that set up, it's not, and it's really, it's not that hard. Like you could do all this stuff online and just Google it. Um, but once you have all that stuff set up, then that's when you can begin figuring out kind of, you know, what you want to do. Um, and there's, I like to think about it like this. There's so many different opportunities out there in the world. It's really crazy. Um, if you literally just sit on your computer or find somewhere where you can get inspiration, um, do that because a lot of the things over the years that I've gotten into, I've literally just kind of stumbled upon them and like, like the, with Pokemon, I was telling you earlier, I literally yeah. was like, I saw it in the corner of my eye on my eBay page when I was searching online and it, that's just snowballed into something crazy. But, um, there's different, you know, different businesses that I've done. One of them was, um, a, I had a, a beard, um, product line so yes. beard care. <laughs> <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> that was a fun one it was like uh you know i had like beard balm beard oil beard uh all this stuff like conditioning and uh brushes and combs and stuff and it was like it was awesome like i had so much fun doing it and uh getting the product out there and, and stuff like that but um i'm more of like a product guy so that that's kind of like my my niche for for business is um either creating products or brands um, or, you know, I- investing long-term with Pokemon and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's really just kind of think about something and just the other thing is you have to take action, right? So you, you could do all the thinking in the world. You can, you know, you can mm-hmm. even set up your LLC and your checking, but you have to take the step. The first step is to do it, right? Because exactly. I, I have people all the time coming up to me saying, oh, I have this great idea for a business, blah, 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 or a product. And it's just like, they tell me it and then never hear about it again. What yeah. happened with it? Oh, I never did it. Well, it's like you have to do it, right? So it's the, first the other step. thing is to take that step. Yep. I mean, that same thing when it comes to uh, content creating. You know, we've talked about this in the past is that you just – if you want to make videos on YouTube and you want that to be your full-time uh, job, if you want to call it a job, um, I mean, because it is a job, you, yeah. ha- you have to sit down and just hit record. <laughs> You know, that's the, yeah. and that's what holds a lot of people back is that, uh, the nerves essentially of sitting down and, and hitting record. Oh. It really is. And that's what, that's what held me back. We were talking about before. It was like, I spent years, um, you know, kind of procrastinating it, putting it off and making excuses up. And then finally one day it was just like, <laughs> I was like, I, it, it was just like, and it always is random with me. Like whenever I figure something out, I was just like driving and I had like a, uh, I had like a really cool booster box that I got and it was like a really awesome story behind it. And I was going to find out like if it was going to be shadowless and everything like that. And I was like driving home and I'm like, I should record this. Like, this would be so cool. We could figure it out. Like I could record it and we could see it together and, and everything. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I got like, I had like a cardboard box, like to put my <laughs> phone on. Like I didn't even have the stand, no mic, you know, like maybe one, like a couple or one little ceiling light was on and um you know i was like i was like this is the only way i'm gonna do it it's just a, the click it talk yeah you know just did it all one take just said everything and then you could see me you know hitting the stop button on the on the phone when the video was over and that was it and i just i just clicked upload and that's and it was just like 
that's it. Like, you know, you yeah. just have to do it. You just have to click it. I, I think a lot of times people want to have perfection in their very first video, and it's just not going to be like that. You know? You, oh, yeah. You know, my very first video was kind of kind of similar to what you're saying is I think I um, I think I uh, put like a green sheet of fabric on the wall and then put mm-hmm. a table down right in front of it and literally just set my camera on it and just started opening up some Pokemon cards. Like I didn't have a face cam or anything like that. Um, it was just my hands and Pokemon cards. And that was it. And that um, was it. A legend was born. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. I don't know about legend, but uh, I mean, no, that's where it started. You know, I didn't, I didn't know anything about cameras or lighting or audio or any of that stuff or how to edit. And, and yeah. And you, I mean, you've come a incredible, like, it's just crazy. Like I can't even imagine like being in your shoes, you know, it's just like, just so, so much probably has happened in the last um x amount of years since you started and, and everything and it's like oh, def- i mean i so I, cool to see. I definitely need to uh at some point just kind of like sit down and do a video and just kind of tell the whole story of that would be of how i it started would love to hear that because it's definitely there's some crazy times some crazy times um you know I'll, I'll i'll share one thing real fast i don't know if i've ever i don't know if i've ever told this or not before but um I was working, I was working at a local donut shop, um, and doing YouTube part time at the same time. I'd work during the day, and I'd come home and I'd do a YouTube video, and it got to the point to where I was like, oh, I really think that like if I just had more time, like I could really invest a lot into my YouTube channel, um, and just sharing my love and passion, and. I was like, you know, the, the only way to do that would be able to quit my job working at the donut shop. And so it was a very, like, stressful situation to go, you know, well, do I want to quit the donut shop? Because I know that, you know, at least, you know, I'm, I'm making income this way. Whereas YouTube is, is kind of like a, a shot in the dark type of situation. Um, and I was like, but I, I really love creating content and I love hopefully putting a smile on people's faces. And I feel like this is a risk worth taking. Uh, and I decided to do it. Um, but also at the exact same time, my wife had just lost her job. Um, so I, I quit my job and my wife lost her job when I went to start YouTube full time. Um, easily one of the most scariest situations I've I've ever been in. Uh, so the risk definitely paid off. It was, it was a big risk, but yeah. You know, like like we were saying, it, it it's a passion, it's a love, and I was like, if I don't do it now, I'm, I'm never going to do it. Yeah. So I just I just went for it because I loved it so much. Yeah, that that is awesome. I think I I have similar um, story of of basically just kind of getting up and and quitting you know your your normal uh, job or like your normal nine to five. Mm-hmm. I think. I think, um, it, you know, a lot of people say, you know, oh, don't, you know, don't quit your job and stuff like that. And I think, honestly, it's like once you make that move and you quit and you commit to it, um, it's really scary. And, oh, you yeah, know, obviously it, it's risky, but I feel like you're actually better off with your back kind of against the wall in a situation like that because, you know, you're going to give it everything you have right because Mm -hmm. you have you've literally quit your job you have no income and it's like you 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 fight you know it's like you're in it and 
you got to make it happen. So I think for me, every time I've been in a situation like that, it's always kind of motivated me even more. And I'm sure it was probably the same for you when you're in the situation like that. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, not telling, <laughs> not saying to go quit your job. Definitely, tomorrow, yeah. It, but, it's, uh, it's something you that know. you really need to ponder because also, yeah. it's not just a job; it's a dream too, and it was a dream worth fighting for. Um, yeah, and that's something you have to realize. If it's your dream, and that's truly what you want to do in life, then go for it. Whether it be content creating or starting a business or whatever it may be, um, do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to sell popsicles on the side of the road? Whatever it is, I mean, you know. Make that leap. And a lot of people, sometimes they don't see, um, or most of the time, they don't really see the struggle. They don't see what you have to do and, and, and what you you know been through to get to where you are. They might just see you in your current you know situation now and, and look at it and like, oh, everything's going well. Like, uh, you know, but they don't see, you know, everything that you put into it, you know, all, you know, staying up all night, oh, you know, sleepless working on videos and and just uh, and the, every single day like waking up and just thinking about what the next thing is you know that you're going to do mm-hmm. to uh to make the dream happen and yeah I, I, that'd be cool if you if you did um one day did a, a like a, a video like that uh, I, i'd like to do I that a lot of people i'd like to share like it to, with people i think yeah i think hopefully maybe maybe inspire some people to chase their dreams as well i mean because that's what it was for me it was just it was a dream yeah um, let's, let's get to a couple more questions here. Um, obviously we talked about this at the very beginning. You are opening up a first edition base set booster box on your YouTube channel, PokeRev Tuesday. What time on Tuesday? That's going to be 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, do you think you will actually sell out of the first edition booster packs? That's from yeah, so that's a good question. From Pokemon and Barbells. Pokemon and Barbells. Oh, yeah, what's going on? Um, yeah, so basically how it's working now is I'm taking um, I'm taking, you know, orders priority for people that want to have their pack opened up live mm-hmm. um, as as first, right? So we get to kind of have that experience of seeing those packs get opened live with everyone there and um, you know, it, it, it's fun, you know. People really love watching it. I love oh, I do doing it. Yeah. So it's it's such a it, it's such an awesome thing to uh, be able to be a part of. Um, so those ones, those orders are still coming in, but I'm about to close that off um, probably tomorrow night, and then uh, head over to the wait list for sealed packs, which is basically people that want to keep their packs sealed, and that is like filled with people now. Um, there's probably like 30 people on it as of um as of tonight so once i open up that wait list it'll you know the rest of them will oh, be yeah. gone so uh, for sure so uh, essentially there is no second chance it's either yeah it's either you buy it right now or you wait until maybe hopefully later down the road you get another first edition base set box yeah it's yeah and it's i mean the, the prices on them just just like everything else with sealed it just keeps going up so i really I don't know. It's like, it's one of those opportunities where it's like, I, you don't know, you yeah, know when and, or if and, it'll ever. And we've talked about this in, uh, in the past that, you know, I asked, Hey, do you think this is your last first edition base set booster box that you're ever going to open? And you, 
you always feel like it's your last. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, yeah, it really, it feels like it. And it's just, you don't, you don't know because I mean, you could wake up two months from now and they could be $200,000 a box. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and it's just like, is that even feasible at that point? Really? You know, it's like, I, yeah. you don't, yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So, uh, if you want, want that first edition base set pack, have a chance at possibly first edition Charizard, the pokecave.com. Um, I'm going to, uh, I want to ask you another thing because this is something that always comes up and we, we want to talk about it every time that you're on the podcast because so far it's been pretty good, but what if, if people are wanting to invest in a Pokemon card set product box pack right now what should they be going after yeah so that's a good question too um honestly over the past few even just few weeks things have taken me by surprise um seeing how fast things have been moving um so you know it it really is first i guess it would depend on um what your your budget is looking like you know your income how much um expendable income you have and, and money that you have to to invest but i would say there's still really good opportunities um once you move in to like diamond and pearl black and white heart gold soul silver uh these are all sets that are after the wizard of the coast and ex era um now not to say that wizard of the coast and ex aren't good to jump into but it's just they get to a point where you know, there's some boxes for Wizards of the Coast era that are, you know, twenty thousand dollars for for a booster box. It's mm-hmm. like the amount of growth that you'd need on that would have to be, you know, substantial. Where maybe you could buy, uh, you know, a case of black and white booster boxes right now for, um, you know, four hundred dollars a booster box, and they're worth eight hundred dollars a booster box. You know probably not too long down the line at about another point. month and a half when you're on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah give, give me a call in two months and we'll tell, i'll tell you how it went but yeah um and you know it's it's uh it's really interesting to see and then the things that have been kind of taking me by surprise are uh things like jungle first edition rocket first edition um fossil first edition booster boxes have grown like probably like 25% at least in the past uh, month to two months. And it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely, it's been a surprise and it's, it's tough to say. I mean, I think, you know, at this rate, who, who knows what yeah. it's going to be like in even a, a year from now. So we talk um, about a lot about uh, older items. What's your thoughts on investing in something now that I could go to? I mean, obviously I don't want to go to a target or a Walmart right now, but um, you know what I mean? Like going to the store, yeah. buying something that's actually on the shelf right now. Yeah. So, um, well, first of all, if you could go, okay. So if you could go into target and grab it, um, I still think hidden fates is still the best set within the past five years, honestly. Um, even though they're, they're having a reprint, which I don't know how many people are aware of, right now but they excuse me they are reprinting the hidden fates tins um the ones that came with the four packs in there uh, i think it was charizard gyarados and raichu tins mm-hmm. so there and you know people get scared and they, and they see that they're reprinting them but 
at the same time, you could look at it as another opportunity to kind of jump in and grab them, you know, because the tins now, I think we're like going for something like $35, $40 a piece. Um, but now that they're getting reprinted, I mean, I'm sure you can probably grab them again for, you know, whatever, $20 mm -hmm. a tin or so, or however, however much they, they mark them up. Um, but yeah, besides that, if we move back a little bit more, um, I think burning shadows, you know, I think that's has huge potential. Um, if we move back a little bit further and we get into, um, you know, something like evolutions, which, um, you know, you can't really go to the store and buy a booster box evolutions, but it's still it's easy to still, come by. Yeah, yeah, it's still easy to come by, and I still think that that set has big potential down the road. Maybe not now, not yet, but uh, we're talking long term. I think it's still, I think it'll still get there eventually. Um, and then, of course, um, we were talking about earlier Flash Fire, mm -hmm. uh, which you know it's starting to get to the point now where you have to kind of think about it. it you know, it, do you want to spend eight hundred or, or however many dollars on a booster box of that? Um, a little bit tough to say, honestly. It, it I, I've really never seen anything quite like that within the <laughs> something so recent. It feels like you know, yeah, get, get that high in price. Um, but yeah, you know, there there are modern sets. You just kind of gotta look at it and, and see how really how popular it was when it was released. So you look at the demand. You look at what's in the set. So you know, Hidden Fates, Shiny Charizard evolutions was huge i mean evolutions everybody was getting like evolutions sold out like hidden fates did you oh know, it, you couldn't get them it's the um last time i heard it, it was the the top selling set ever evolutions oh wow yeah wow um because obviously it was printed in such huge quantities and everybody was yeah. buying it at the same time so um yeah and last last i heard it was still the best selling set ever that's great. I didn't actually, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, um, so, I mean, and like you said, Evolutions is, is not hard to find. You know, you can right. probably go to about any online card shop and still buy a booster box for a reasonable price. Yeah. I, and I mean, if we look back at, you know, the original base Unlimited, that was the same, if not even more printing. Um, I mean, it is the original first set ever Pokemon, but mm -hmm. um you know, in that sense of something being so popular and everybody wanting it, uh, people are going to remember that. Like, oh, I remember when Evolutions came out. That was awesome. You know, they re they redid Charizard and, you know, all those cards and everything like that. And um, it was like the original, but, you know, way cheaper and, and you know, all these different types of cards you could pull out of there. And, and I think people are going to want to jump back into that, you know, years later. So I think it has potential. Um, Do you think that what is in the set purely dictates the value of it later on down the line with new new stuff so for new stuff yes um because with the new stuff it, and i want to say new stuff i mean probably like x and y or newer i would agree um, yeah be, yeah because basically like when pokemon go came out that's really when everybody was just everyone's jumping in they're buying they're buying everything pokemon's printing everything people are holding on to it and investing and, and you know thinking long term and all these people are just they realize that hey like all these other pokemon sets over all the years 
you know, all went up in value. So it's like you have all these people jumping in on it. So really with all these sets, you'd want something that was really popular and had really um, like iconic Pokemon in the sets, you know, sets with cards that are worth money and, and things like that. Um, but if we're talking about stuff, you know, pre X and Y, so if we're talking about, you know, anything from Wizards of the Coast, EX era, Diamond and Pearl, all that stuff is, <clears throat> it's so hard to find that the price just automatically is going up on them because people want them. They're, they're vintage. It was before you had all these people speculating, mm-hmm. you know, there, there, obviously there were people speculating on it back then and, and holding stuff, but nowhere near what it is nowadays. I mean, everybody thinks to buy Pokemon and, and sealed stuff and hold on to it. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, cause so, back yeah. then there wasn't really such thing as having a sealed collection. Not at all. A- no. And now that's a pretty <laughs> common thing. Yeah. And I remember even when I got in five years ago, it was like there really were not anywhere near like anywhere near what it is now with people collecting sealed stuff. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I I started my I started my YouTube channel back in two thousand fourteen, and uh, just to see how just to see the growth um, from then to now is just it seems like a whole different generation. You know, yeah. It seems like it was a decade ago, but when all reality it was just about five years ago. Oh yeah, it's. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, who knows? I'm obviously anything with a Charizard, right? <laughs> anything with a Charizard for sure. <laughs> but yeah, and and then before you know, like the black and white and all that stuff, it's like there, it's it's just so hard to find that it doesn't matter at nearly as much what's in the set as the actual getting that actual booster box, that seal box, and saying, oh, I I got a booster box. This like you know, um, you know, it, it, even though. Obviously, what's in the set will help it grow a lot more. Like, for example, Call of Legends, a box like that, or something where there's like cards in there that are just like people really, really want to get. Um, that'll those will obviously be like head and shoulders over other sets. But you know, when you come in comparison um, with like a black and white set that was you know ninety bucks when it was released, and you know it could be like four or five hundred dollars or even more now. Um, it, they're still gonna they're gonna grow um in value if that makes sense no it, it makes perfect sense um grab stuff now <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically grab stuff now i need to take my own advice sometimes too <laughs> I, it would be just like we were saying earlier you know well, maybe we'll wait and see if it dips back down just a little it, bit and yeah You're like oh, i'll grab that next month and it's like next month is here and it's like well <laughs> i should have grabbed it you know what in the pokemon world it. right now it seems like one week is a month it really is. <laughs> it really is. It like that's not even like just being dramatic or anything. It actually is. Yeah. No. I mean, and the thing is, is that a lot of people who aren't even into Pokemon are realizing that there is a huge demand and community for Pokemon. Um, you know, yeah. a lot of people digging out their old cards and trying to sell them and things like that, and they know that they're going for a, a high value. So. It's not like they're just throwing them up there for a couple dollars. They're putting them up there for, you know, the actual value. Um, yeah. I told a story um, a few months back uh, on the podcast that there's this a, uh, a flea market, or yeah, I guess flea market, um, down uh, a little ways down the road from where I live. And, you know, I kept, I kept, I was like, I'm going to go in there this week, and then I couldn't go in there. And I was going to say, I'm going to go in there this week, and I couldn't go in there. And I finally got in there. And obviously, I'm always looking for Pokemon stuff. And 
I found I found some Pokemon figures. I bought them and went to the register, and the, per, the person was like, "Oh yeah, if you were here last week, we had all these Pokemon cards. Uh, a guy had them all in his booth, uh, and then realized that he could sell them for <laughs> about triple the price <laughs> online, um, and pulled them all out of his booth and went and sold them online. No, oh, and it, they had no idea what cards they were or anything, but." It was yeah. it was just one of those things. It was like, oh, if I was just here, you know, just even a couple yeah. days beforehand. But just everybody everybody knows that Pokemon is valuable now. Yeah. So you know, doesn't doesn't matter if if people are actually, you know, into Pokemon anymore. People are digging it out of their closets, and they know there's some value there. Yeah, so. that's got to be some crazy times when somebody pulls out even like a. Like an old couple packs of Pokemon cards out of the closet and, and realize what it's worth. Oh, yeah. They go, oh, they're probably worth, you know, about $20. And they go and check it. And it's like thousands. <laughs> yeah. And it's like everybody had this stuff. All it takes is a couple packs or a couple boxes that be put away in a closet. And uh, and forget about it, never... essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. I'm sure there's a bunch sitting out there somewhere. You know, yep. we talk about that all the time. Somebody has a stash and they have no clue what they have. No clue. No clue. <laughs> we'll see it one day. Hopefully one day we'll see it. Yeah. All right. We're going to move into the card pick of the week. Now, we didn't get to do this uh, earlier in the week because we were saving it for um, the special edition episode with Rev. Um, so this is a weekly segment we like to do where myself and Jordan French pick a card every single week. Both of us pick a card, and we add it to our 2020 Shadowless podcast set, and we encourage everybody to collect along with us, uh, try to complete the set, or come close to completing the set. If you think you're close or you have completed the set so far, take a picture of it, tag us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, wherever you are on social media. We'd like to see it and give you a nice little shout-out on the podcast. Now, since Jordan uh, is not able to be here for uh, the special edition episode, uh, he has given me his card, so I will be reading off Jordan's card. uh, And Rev, you are technically taking my pick this week. Uh, So... um, I'll go ahead and do Jordan's card, and uh, we'll save we'll save yours for last, since that you're the guest. Good. So um, we're not going to do a guessing game because we both already know what they are. <laughs> yeah. We've only done this podcast what four times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, so only four times. Uh, hopefully, hopefully this one goes well. And we won't have to do it for a fifth time. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, so Jordan's pick was from Neo Revelations, which Neo Revelations was released in 2001, and Jordan's pick was Sudowoodo, which has some very, very iconic artwork on it. Sudowoodo's walking along what looks to be kind of a yellow brick road situation from Wizard of Oz, Um, and I don't know, there's a lot of things going on in this artwork. And I think maybe yeah. there's maybe a fire in the artwork, too. Looks like Ooh. maybe that's a flame off to the side. Um, I feel like every time we see it, we uh, see something a little different. <laughs> yeah, right? Because I just now noticed that, like, that might be a flame off to the yeah. side. Oh, wow. And then you had mentioned in the past that, like, you kind of felt like on the bricks there was a unknown. 
Yeah, I kind of got that idea in my head when I saw the little. The, it it kind of resembles it a little bit. Yeah. There. Um, the other question is, what is beyond what we see in this photo, right, or in this what's artwork? The, yeah. What's like, the bigger what, picture? Yeah. Which I mean, you know, when when these artists, obviously, I mean, I'm not an artist by any means, but I would assume you kind of have to create a little bit of a story in your head, what's going on. Um, and you kind of have this big picture and you kind of have to cut it down and tell as much of the story as you can in this small little box. Um, so it'd be interesting to know what the artist was thinking at the time, what, what the scenario was for Sudowoodo yeah. or any card. But, yeah, really. But it's, but it's a lovely card from Neo Revelation. Uh, right now you could go to eBay, you could grab one easily for about, you know, about $4 if you want a first edition, you know, a little bit more. Uh, if you're wanting PSA 10s, you're looking at around about, um, I'm seeing one right now for, for about $25. So not bad. not bad at all. And then um, PokeRev, what was, uh, what's your pick? Yes, yeah, so I went with the uh, Diamond and Pearl Stormfront Secret Rare Charizard. Um, it's number 103 out of 100 and um, it's just really awesome it looks very similar to the original uh, base set Charizard but it's kind of reimagined mm-hmm. um, so it's the same artist Arita did it and it's just I've always heard of it and I, I kind of you know looked at it once in a while but we uh, we ended up pulling it about a week ago when we opened up a diamond and pearl stormfront booster box and I had it in my hand. It was just like so amazing when I, when I saw it and everything and I was like, wow, like this card is so underappreciated. Uh, I feel like people might have kind of just thought of it as a reprint, but yeah, it's really not at all. It's like, it's its own unique, um, artwork for Charizard. Honestly, like an updated version really of, uh, the original, Mm-hmm. So, so are you to blame for the Stormfront prices going up? Um, I think, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> the day after <laughs> the day after we opened that um, that box, the ten sold, and I and I remember I was talking about it live. I was like, oh, I need to get one, and I was like, yeah, I'll go look and get one like in a week or something when I have time. And, and I looked, weird, <laughs> uh, and it was gone. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> Even the Japanese ones are gone. There's none like in ten. Even a Japanese one for a couple hundred bucks is gone. Yeah, I'm I'm looking online right now and seeing if there is uh, any on there, um, and I'm seeing a nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, yeah. The, even at that, it's like three hundred and fifty dollars. Where's that one? Um, three. F- then there's one with just uh with the autograph on it. Yeah. Yeah, the um oh, actually this is this is a new one I think since I last checked. Uh oh. This is oh, okay. So this is a little different. So this has the nine, it's graded a nine, um, and then the autograph is graded a nine. Um, it's up for seven hundred or best offer. Now, I think we saw one with the autograph, but it had the actual Charizard uh like a small little drawing yeah. with it as well from Arita. And I think that the autograph on that one was a 10, but the card was an eight. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Um, oh, it's still up. Yeah. A thousand dollars. 
Oh, there it is. Yeah. I mean, that's a nice one. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I like um I like when he has the little drawings. Mhm. I definitely add some uh add some more uh character to the card for sure. And it's <laughs> It's always so amazing. Like, it looks so good. It looks just like the Charizard on the card. <laughs> yeah. And he probably yeah, did it really super does. fast, too. Yeah, maybe he's making uh, grading more difficult for himself now because maybe PSA sees the the really good drawing and they're like, oh, that, mm-hmm. that autograph's a 10. And then the, he doesn't do it with that. And they're like, eh, that's a 9. <laughs> which, <laughs> Forget which it. Which we've always we've <laughs> talked about this in the past, that it's it's so weird that autographs have a grading. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Who is someone to say that you did a bad job at your own signature? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could like, eh, you know, you could have did better. Yeah. You could have <laughs> You really weren't having a good day that day. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Your your Sharpie was uh it's a little low, mm-hmm. I think there. It was so. running out. You used a blue one, you really should have used a, a black one. <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah, if you want to get a uh, a secret rare Stormfront Charizard, um you're gonna have to uh, have to spend just a little bit of money, you know. If you're if you're not getting it graded, less than a hundred. Um, from what I maybe not, I don't know. Stormfront Charizard. I'm looking through here and seeing if I can find any for. Here's one that's moderately played for thirty eight dollars. <laughs> oh well, yeah, it's a little. Yeah, you have to spend some. Spend some okay, here's one for sixty dollars. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're they're popping up for less than a hundred. But I mean, if you're wanting, if you're wanting a PSA, you're definitely going yeah, to be dishing out a few hundred. And if you want a PSA ten, good luck. Well, you know what? Good thing is, if anybody is completing the Shadowless podcast uh, card lists. This is probably a good one to hang on to long term. Right. I mean, right. There's... Literally, it's like <laughs> it's gone up like crazy already. So a good investment opportunity from Rev. <laughs> Except if any tens come up, you're not allowed to buy them. You have to tell me. Right. So get it. You better you better watch the rest of the night because the podcast goes up tomorrow. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Someone else is going to beat me to it. You never know. You never know. Or one will uh, pop up. Someone trying to sell it to you. Yeah. It could work both ways. You never know. But, yeah. but Rev, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Uh, it's It truly is a good time, and I just enjoy sitting here talking to you. And, you know, even though we've done this particular episode four times now, right? Three? I think three or four times? This is our third time. Third, yeah. third time? It's been different every time. Uh, it has, it, yeah. It really has. And been. it's been enjoyable every time. I appreciate that. I love being here. You're You're a good person, and I truly appreciate your friendship i i truly truly do and when people ask me like hey who is who is a good person person that, that i should also be watching on youtube when it comes to pokemon or vintage pokemon uh i say you right away um you're knowledgeable you're honest and you enjoy pokemon and i like that so rev thank you for being on the podcast um and thanks so much hopefully you'll really you'll be back it. soon Will you, will you come back? Yeah. Will you come back again? You know what? I'm. I'll be waiting for when you give me the call. Yes, and I'll be ready. <laughs> I'll about be ready to be half, here. But a month and a half from yeah. now, <laughs> get ready for next, that call. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be ready for next time. Wherever you're listening to, whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, give us a rating. Help us bop to the top, all the way to the top. 
of the ratings charts. We truly appreciate you all taking the time out of your day. Don't forget to go check out PokeRev on YouTube, opening up that first edition base set booster box. You can uh, you can have a part of that. You can you can be a part of history in the making yeah. on YouTube in the Pokemon world. Go to thepokecave.com. Grab your booster packs. Um, and you said that you were probably shutting down the sales yep. here, here soon. So you might only have about a day. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be about it once this goes up. And then day. tune in on uh, Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Everybody in the Pokemon community is going to be tuning in. So you tune in as well. And we'll see you all next week right here. Well, technically this week. So we'll see you all this week right here on the Shadowless Podcast. See you guys.